in 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm a leader, wait, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Chad, uh, welcome back. Championship Leadership Podcast. And we got Billy Heather here with us just outside of or maybe an hour outside of Buffalo, New York. And uh, thanks for being here, Billy. Appreciate it. Hey, great to be here, man. Glad yeah. to uh, glad to be on. Absolutely. And so, yeah, if you're listening, there's this app called Pray, which is incredible app. Uh, take a look. I've had it on my phone for about a year before I started really using it, to be honest. And uh, but it's been it's been great. And anyways, I, I came across this guy uh, called Billy Heather, and uh, he, I loved his message and what he was all about. And I was like, man, I'm going to find him on Instagram and shoot him a message, see if he wants to come on the show. And it was less than a week ago. So here we are. Come uh, on. Context. Let's go. Um, championship leadership. We'll start to start here. What What's that mean to you when you hear championship mm. leadership? Well, obviously, I think leadership is is influence. I think it's your ability to take people somewhere that maybe they don't think they can go. Mm -hmm. um, but I love the term championship in front of it, because that implies this isn't just going somewhere. This is going all the way. <laughs> right. And so yeah. to me, it is somebody that carries the influence to take people the whole distance and yeah. to not just give a glimpse of something, but actually like take them there. Yeah. Um, you know, I love just hearing the stories about like, you know, the Bulls in the 90s or like some of the greatest sports teams of all time. Yep. And you see a difference once it gets to that final game of the season than when it's just the middle of the season. And yeah. so for me, championship yeah. leadership, just the ability and the influence to take people far. Yeah. Well, here's a, I, I'm interested to see where this question goes, maybe a bit, a little play off of that, right? Because, you know, I um, obviously found out about you on the Pray app and, mm -hmm. and you're a lead pastor um, for a church now, correct? Yes, sir. And, uh, and so I'm curious, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would, I would say I'm a bit, uh, in the beginning journeys of my faith, but sure. you know, you'll, you'll hear many people talk about it, it could almost in a way, maybe for some seem like taboo. Can there be championship leadership pa leader pastors? Mm. And uh, you know, some people, sometimes you'll hear people say you shouldn't chase the pastor. You shouldn't look for the church with a certain message or, you know, you should just stay right where you're at. Sure. Um and so anyways, yeah, maybe that's a, a question. Is there such, because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, there's 
this championship leader pastors 100 that uh people just vibe with or that seem to really be able to connect at a different sure. level than others and it doesn't make anyone better than another necessarily but no. at the same time you know there's just like there's championship level uh sports teams uh mm -hmm. you know is there such a thing yeah. in the re religious world i think Faithful. in the religious I think in the religious world, it has a lot more probably to do with just your capacity that would define whether it's championship or not. Because again, yeah. I think throughout the Bible and especially in the Christian worldview, we hold true to men and women that have led what God was doing over the course of time. Yeah. And so throughout the Bible, you read about leaders that are over smaller groups of people. Then you have leaders that are over bigger groups of people. You've got kings in the scriptures. You've got priests. You've got the high priest. There definitely is an order to things. Mm -hmm. um, but again, in terms of championship being that idea of going the full distance, I would hope in the church there are pastors that are going the distance yeah. that aren't just going to be in it for 10, 20 years or just in it for a personal career. Um, for me, at least being in ministry is more about the long haul than it is some quick fixes. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we look at spirituality as this quick fix and this crutch to get us away from reality. When ultimately in the church, at least in my point of view, the goal of faith is to deal and make it through reality. And so as a pastor, I'm not committing to just helping someone get past a problem. I'm committing to be available for the long haul. Mm -hmm. And to me, championship leadership is being able to go the whole distance and so, you know, unfortunately, people give up on faith because they've had leaders that are just in and out of their lives rather yeah. than people that are accessible. Um, yeah. To me, Jesus was the most accessible, you know, throughout the story of his life. Yeah. You constantly see random people interrupting him, coming up to him. And his leadership could have said, well, I got this mission I got to worry about. Instead, he was accessible for people in those moments. So that to me, of course, of course, I think there's room for it in religious space. Yeah. Um, you know, leaders that can go the whole distance. Yeah. I mean, ultimately I, I would think you'd always want to become better sure. as a leader to potentially reach more people, bring more people to, um, to God, to Christ and, and to, sure. you needed to help them in their journeys. Right. Absolutely. And the Christian, I think the point of a spiritual life is for your real life. And so there are leaders in our church today that can draw on the principles from Jesus or the principles of the teaching of scripture and actually use it with their car salesmen, actually use it with their marketing teams, actually use yeah. it. I think there has to be this understanding, like leadership principles, they come from a divine place, but God expects us to apply them in everyday life. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. for us, of course, man, we want to equip people to be the best versions of themselves out here in this world. Yeah. Well, would you be willing to, I typically ask a similar question of like who you are, what's the path and the journey, but sure. I did see your, I did just happen to see your testimony or your story essentially on your YouTube channel. So yeah, I, I, how powerful that was, but maybe you could really, uh, you know, share that journey of yours and yeah. how it's brought you to where you are today. Absolutely. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so my parents had kind of had God sprinkled throughout like my upbringing, but it was never like a consistent thing in my life. Um, so when my parents split up and in high school, I just kind of got mixed up with some wrong things, um, you know, was heavily addicted to drugs by the time I was a senior in high school, um, you know, 
running a mess in just my world, was looking for love, was looking for fulfillment, was looking for some sort of meaning and purpose. And uh, I remember I'd been living in Los Angeles at the time. I was 21 years old. Um, and I was, you know, out in like the party scene. I was really into like dance music and like raves and like going to these music festivals as a way of like escaping. And mm -hmm. so always loved music, always loved like hip hop music, always had a, a strong love for um, the history of music. But like dance music became more about getting away from something than it became yeah. about music. And so I'm 21, living in L.A. at the time, just trying to make something work. And um, I had I had been working as a valet parking manager uh, in Burbank. And one day at work, just had crazy pain in my back and ended up getting it checked out and found out that I had actually had a couple tumors inside my chest and my pelvis mm -hmm. area. And so they did a quick surgery to remove one of them. And when they tested back later, it turns out it was cancer. Um, so at 21, I got diagnosed with stage four testicular cancer. Um, wow. Yeah, probably. I mean, I look back at my childhood. I look back at like, you know, I had a rough relationship with my mom, just all kinds of things happened during their divorce. This was probably the biggest like halt in my life I'd ever experienced. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Young was, too. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I think testicular cancer, it's the greater chances are when you're younger okay. um, for some of them. But yeah, I was sitting in this little crammed room in North Hollywood and this doctor gave me the diagnosis and just told me, he told me that I was probably about a couple years too late. And he said that if I had, wow. would if I would have came to get it checked out earlier, there probably would have better chance, um, of making it. So he's telling you like, there's no chance for you. Essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah. Essentially sorry. it was very like, um, you should have done this earlier. Yeah. And, you know, he gave me an idea of a treatment plan, told me what I would have to do. And so I immediately jumped into chemotherapy, um, did about nine months total of chemotherapy, um, five days a week, a couple of weeks off, and then right back at it for five straight days. And then a couple of weeks off five days, you know, I did that for nine months. And so was it during this time where you um, got your faith or uh, yeah, relationship it, with God? It's crazy. I mean, I'd always had an idea. Maybe there is a God or, you know, there might be something out there. Um, but after my diagnosis, I was getting ready to start my first round of chemo. And I went to go to one of my friend's houses and his dad had actually worked at a church. He was the janitor at the church. And I was there hanging out. We were playing FIFA, I think, like video games. Yeah. His, his dad was like, you need to go to church. And so I had gone to church that following week and I heard uh, the gospel for the first time. And, and I had heard not necessarily a list of things I had to do, but yeah. I had heard I heard about somebody that did something for me. Uh -huh. And that was right there in that moment. I said, okay, if I'm going to go through this battle with cancer, I need something bigger than myself. I need somebody to lead me through this. Yeah. And that's, that's ultimately uh, who Jesus became for me. Yeah. Was there ever this part of a, a barter system going for you? Like, sure. uh, God, if you could get me through this, like, man, I'm yours. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, but I remember responding the night that I really decided that I needed to do this. Um, and I just remember saying, God, if you'll heal me, I'll give the rest of my life to you. Yeah. You know, and not, not thinking anything of it, just yeah, going, yeah. you know, if I die, there's going to be a God. So I want to meet him. But if I survive, like <clears throat> I'll definitely yeah. do this for you. And, and I survived and I'm yeah. doing it. I'm and you're doing, doing it, it though. Him. That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people that have done that. They're like, Oh, Hey, I'm good. Like, 
Yeah. Got him good. <laughs> Thank no, you. No, I yeah. mean, so within that year, so I did nine months of chemo at one final surgery and my church, you know, was involved the whole step of the way. I mean, I was going to chemo yeah. and I would show up. At church. I don't know anything about the Bible. I don't know anything about religious tradition. I just know that like I was hooked on drugs and I heard about somebody that did something. For me. And mm -hmm. so every week I'm just showing up. City. Uh, most because they lost a sense of curiosity and wonder and they just took whoever was talking they took their word for it yeah and i think the moment that you stop pursuing god for yourself is the moment christianity is no longer personal mm -hmm. you know if it's yeah. you believe it's not an actual source you go to hey you're you're breaking up again All right, we had a we had a small little uh, microphone difficulty, but I think we got it we got it straightened out. What's up? So when I, you know, we're continuing the the leadership conversation and what you're doing as a pastor, um, you know, this is something maybe that I could relate to, um, and I think a lot of people could. So as as someone new in this journey, um, trying to figure out, you know their faith journey is, is, is this real? Is the Bible real? Uh, where do I start? Right. I think that's, right. a, that's been a common one for me. And I know you talked about it a little bit where you were just talking about how early in your journey, you didn't know anything really much about the Bible. And, and, uh, and I don't know, I think sometimes that can be something that people allow to get in the way, or maybe it's a, it's a easy excuse to use also. But yeah, what as a leader, you know, how do you lead people through that journey to help them to 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 uh, find that relationship with Christ? And, you know, where to start and how to do it and how to go about it. I can't hear you. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> we, we can edit uh, this stuff out, too, so. How about now? Good. Yeah, for some reason, I think it might be like my setup. Something's okay. going on here with my mic yeah. setup. So, try. Let me just to jump right in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for me, I try to lead people in the most vulnerable and honest way I can. And so, especially as I'm consider like a spiritual authority or a spiritual leader it's easy sometimes to kind of just use that and say, yeah, I should know everything and I should have all this figured out. Yeah. So to help people with the intimidation of the Bible, I like to kind of lead by example. The I should disciplining, interpreting the scriptures the right way. Yeah. You, <laughs> do you have AirPods? Yeah. So especially when it comes to people being intimidated by the scriptures, or maybe like you had mentioned, not even trying their faith because they don't get it. I try to just lead through vulnerability more than knowledge. Um, there is a temptation sometimes as a spiritual leader to assume like I should have all this figured out and I am the ultimate say on things. Um, but I think the best way to lead someone through their own insecurities with reading the Bible is to introduce personal struggles I have. And so it might be like disciplining myself to read. It might be like interpreting the text correctly. Um, but I try to show people that following Jesus is never about 
perfection. It's about progress. Mm-hmm. And the, the goal is to constantly integrate him into your life and integrate his teachings and his ways into your ways. Um, so that ultimately you become like him. It's not about memorizing everything. You know, it's not about performance. It's all about posture. Um, it's, it's really about how do we posture ourselves towards who he is rather than how do we perform for him and make sure we know everything. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, That makes total sense. That's something I think a lot of people could, could definitely get, get their heads around too. Um, so yeah, love it. What's, uh, what's, What's the vision for you uh, as a leader? I think championship leaders have incredible vision and also typically that vision can seem a little crazy to people. And uh, so it's a courage to take action on it too. And then most importantly, I guess is like, yeah, what's the impact ultimately that you want to make through that. And, you know, as a, as a lead pastor and doing what you do, I'm interested to hear, obviously you're on this prey app, although it sounds like it was a couple of years ago that, that you had recorded that and almost forgot about it, but that reach and that impact that was made because of that is pretty incredible. Right. So absolutely. What's what's the vision for you? Yeah. I think my vision for leadership, at least in my own life is more about spiritual renewal than it is about knowledge and impact, you know, with, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the headspace and academics, you know, for me, I feel like I'm called to help people renew something that has always been true and rather than changing or tweaking, you know, the Bible, I feel like my mission is to help lead people to a sense of renewing what they think about the message. Um, you know, too often we're looking for these quick fix answers when sometimes we just need a new perspective towards the thing that has always been true. Yeah. And so I feel like my job as a leader is to help just kind of renew people's perspectives, not change thoughts as much as get us to change how we're looking at something. Mm-hmm. So you don't have like a, I want to bring a hundred billion people to Christ. Like, so. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's there's no right or wrong answer, but right. Yeah. No, there's, there's no specifics that I feel like, I feel like there's times in my life I've had specifics, but at least doing what I do, those are always open to change because ultimately we're being led by something bigger, you know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I just feel like I'm on a mission of renewal, just trying to, you know, renew people's perspectives on who Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So the name of your church is what? A uh, gospel. Gospel. Yeah. So is, is that, is, yeah. Maybe explain the name to me a little bit. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, gospel is a term that's used throughout the Bible. Um, and it was actually a term from antiquity that would be used to send any type of good news. And so when there was a battle, um, somebody would run ahead to the city, you know, and say, you know, they would bring a gospel basically saying good news. The victory has been won. Make sure everyone's aware of it. Yeah. So when you look at the story of Jesus, uh, constantly he's referring to the gospel of the kingdom. Um, the New Testament writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all called the gospels. Called the gospels yeah. yeah. And so it's really the good news about what Jesus has done. Um, so when we were coming up with a church name, we didn't want to simple, you know, overcomplicate it. Our yeah. church is always going to be built on that message. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's more like you turn on the news at the end of a day, you turn on like, you know, a local news channel, someone comes across the screen and they tell you what happened. That's what news is. And so our job as Christians is just to share what happened and, you know, change people's perspectives on it. Yeah. Very good. Appreciate that. Yeah. What's up? 
let's try and take you back to a moment. Maybe it's one that you've already talked about, but um, I would say we, we have these critical moments, right? We're in life, kind of a fork in the road where it's, you know, I either got to go left or right and trying to decide and, you know, don't have all the information or you want to, you want to make the best decision for yourself, but you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Right. So obviously you made the decision you did, which has you where you are today, but had you not been in a very different place, um, maybe you could share a moment or two of those for you inside of your life for that person listening right now that, that feels like they're in that moment themselves trying to decide which way to go. Sure. Yeah. I think one of the greatest things I've heard about it is purpose requires the proper perspective of yourself. And before you make any major decision, you have to have the right understanding of who you are and strengths, weaknesses, where you need to be stretched and where you kind of need to just surrender and say, that's not what I'm supposed to do. Um, When we were making the decision to plant a church, it was very much connected to our identity. It wasn't connected to our resume. Um, Sometimes we make decisions and we just think we're going to copy and paste our last season and Uh we'll say, okay, I'll just do what I did back then and I'll do it over here. And if that's the case, it's always going to be up and down. But when you make a decision based on you, who you are and the right perspective of who you are, mm-hmm. um, that to me is the healthiest step, you know, before yeah. you make that decision. Yeah, I love that. That's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, know who you are and, and you know, like you said, know what that purpose is to help to guide you. Have you ever, you said identity, which just made me think of somebody that I was just introduced to recently. Uh, have you heard, of, are you familiar with Jamie Winship? James Winship? No, James Winship. No. Uh-uh. All right. Well, interesting guy. I just got introduced to him, but he, he does a conversation on, you know, figure, figuring out your identity through God. And he was a New York police officer. Then he was doing so well that the CIA recruit, recruited him. And, and uh, anyways, everything that he did essentially was, was, uh, and the results that he got were, were just guided through his identity with God. And, and it, it's a pretty cool story. So I was thought maybe you had heard of him, maybe not, but yeah, he talks about identity and it just made me think of that. So, uh, yeah, check out that, Jamie Winship guys. <laughs> Winship. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to yeah, check yeah. him out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's the big piece I think about when we're talking about leadership, like our job as leaders is to help people find their identity as much as it is to help connect them to what they're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, I feel like as leaders, we often have a, a mission in mind ourselves. And so it's easy to use people to accomplish that mission. Um, yeah. But especially in what I do, part, a big chunk of my job is trying to help people discover who they are so mm-hmm. that we can connect it to what they're supposed to do. And yeah. so the discovery phase of leadership is just as important as, you know, the destination you're taking people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Well, as we start to wrap this up, um, you know, if there's one or two things that you could give the listener today, that if, if they were to implement today in their life, it would help move it forward, you know, little nuggets or principles, um, you know, what would those be? Sure. For me, um, vision is such a, a key word when it comes to leadership. We like to use that word, especially in like our mission and where we're going, But some of the best principles I've applied is making the vision plain enough that you can share it, Mm -hmm. um, writing it down so you can revisit it, and then making it scalable so it's not just internally based. 
Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I think vision can easily just become like currency to get us again to where we want to go. Yeah. But there's different types of vision for different seasons. Yeah. And as a leader, I would say never lose sight of that, yeah. how how crucial yeah. vision is and how practical it can live out in everything you do. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So what, uh, what's the main way we can, um, follow more about what you're up to your church? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Billy is blessed. Um, our gospel church info is right there in my handle as well, but you can find us at gospelchurch.co and to find all my other stuff like podcasts and books and all that it's billyheather.co is where you can get all that. Okay. Yeah. What's the name of your podcast? Podcast is called the good news podcast. Yes. Yeah, so yes, sir. Yes. Is. We got gospel church. We got good news pod. <laughs> Love yeah. It. yeah. Just, Love just it, got, brother. we got nine episodes under our belt and it's just been Christian awesome, conversations man. about leadership moving forward. That's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead and check that out. We'll get all that linked up for you as you listen, but uh, appreciate having Billy here today. And, and again, if you've enjoyed this conversation, just like I have, then don't go anywhere, stay here and, and uh, stay tuned for the next episode coming up. But Billy, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much for your time. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast.